The only shooting stick with one-handed trigger pull adjustments has a new way to keep you at the top of your game. The Trigger Stick Apex. Built for sturdy support that adapts to unforgiving terrain with easy adjustments to make your big shots. With our Durasteady three-piece carbon leg design and interchangeable rock-solid clamp, nothing tops the Apex. The Trigger Stick Apex, only from Primrose. In every pair of Tecovis boots, you can expect handmade quality, first wear comfort, and timeless Western style. A great pair of Western boots will elevate a casual look or add a refined flair that will draw both eyes and compliments. Tecovis boots are always made from premium bovine and exotic leathers, and with occasional resoling, they will last a lifetime. The best way to shop for boots is at your local Tecovis store, where you'll be greeted by the smell of fresh leather and a friendly smile. Come on in, grab a cold one, get fitted by a pro, and shop the latest styles. We also offer custom branding and leather stamping if you want to personalize your boots or fine leather goods. As spring makes its way into summer, stay cool in a short-sleeve, moisture-wicking pearl snap or make your own shade with one of their classic straw hats, new in both men's and women's styles. And if you're planning to hit the road, Tecovis's ever-growing lineup of rugged and full-grain leather bags will get you where you're headed in style and are built to last decades. Visit Tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. And don't go gently, y'all. All right, so check it i need you guys to help me out a little bit here um go on to whichever app you are listening to this podcast on whether it be stitcher or iheart or itunes apple podcast sorry it's called apple podcast uh i'm looking at some reviews here and uh you guys are doing awesome get on there leave me uh rate it five stars hopefully leave me a review like I'm good if you, if you can only do one or the other, definitely just rate it. But if you're already there, I mean, you know, just type up a few words. Get some more traffic to that part of the of the uh, of the app, of the program. Get the get the algorithms all fired up. But uh <laughs> I was looking at it and uh, somebody left me a one-star rating, which my initial response was like, "What the fuck?" But then I was like, that's hilarious. It's probably somebody I know really good, <laughs> really well. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I kind of like that. <laughs> I kind of like that I have one star on there. So I went and uh, was going to read the reviews. I was hoping they left like an extra review, but they didn't. So whatever. Somebody didn't like it. Maybe I swore too much for their liking or, or probably is somebody I know just screwing around. So whatever. There's one. <laughs> There's one one-star rating on there. The vast majority of them are all five stars. So I really appreciate that. So if you have been listening to this, uh, please rate and review it. I'd appreciate it. And then share it. Share it around. Uh, all your friends. Share it on Facebook. All that good happiness and stuff. Uh, the better it does, the more content I can get, the more... Uh, interesting guests i can get on um it just helps the whole project so i need a little need a little help from my friends okay i'm not gonna sing that uh what else do i got for you um if you haven't already done so go on to the book of face and like the full scale outdoors uh page and then uh the group there's full scale outdoors group 
uh, Instagram, fullscale underscore outdoors. And uh, find me, just me, Dale Luganville, on uh, Snapchat. I've been more active on there posting stuff. And, uh, yeah, I think that's about all the business I got to attend to at the moment. So let's get on with it. Um, today's episode did something that we've been talking about but haven't uh, quite tried or put it in motion we attempted a podcast while fishing and it worked out pretty good because we did the old school shore fishing bank fishing if you will just sitting on the bank throwing out a hook with a weight on it some bait and uh you catch what you catch and uh, man it has been a long time since i've done that you know in the realm of uh tournament fishing and guiding and just you know really trying to grow my skills as an angler and blah, 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 blah. Man, it was nice to just dial back and just sit down in a chair and you got a bite there, you didn't. And I didn't end up catching a couple fish. I caught a red horse and a white sucker and uh, it was awesome. And my guest was Justin Squeaks Lang, who is a fellow competitor of the ice fishing competitor, the Minnesota Made Outdoors tournament league and uh, that's basically what we talked about that wasn't really my intent i know he's a big kayak fisherman we touched on that at the end of the podcast and that's kind of when i went into it i kind of thought i oh, will talk about that i'll pick his brain about kayak fishing um but we ended up doing a recap of the season and kind of what we hope for the future and uh it was a good time it was a it was a really good time i really 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 enjoyed it so uh Let's do it. Let's get into it. Um, so you're going to hear some background noises. There's a couple more cycles and cars that go by. There's some other people that come down and fish around us. And uh, a couple times, you know, Justin had to take the headset off and, and tend to his line and catch fish and, and do whatever. So um, I know I'm, I'm as interested in you are as to see how this is going to go. So I haven't listened to it yet. This is the intro to that thing. So we are going to enjoy it together or test it out together but i think it went pretty good and i'm definitely gonna try to do it again maybe do a catfishing episode or something like that i think that'd be really cool um man it was fun and if you haven't done that bank fishing in a long time man get some buddies together cooler beer whatever just relax it's it's awesome i mean it really is it's i haven't done it in a long time i for, kind of forgot how much i i really like it so let's do it this is the full scale outdoors podcast with justin squeaks Lang. Oh, here we go, boys. Go. Ooh, I love that sound. This is a good one. Gotta be gills back in that slack water. Well, there's a lot of northern back there, though. There's a lot of northern in this river. It is. In general. This guy's crazy. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I found where we're gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> right here, I guess. As we broadcast, this is the first time I've attempted a podcast while actively fishing. I mean, if you call us actively fishing, I well, haven't done this river rat 
fishing in a long time. It's nice. It's a nice little change. It really is. Yeah, it is. I like, dude. I used to do this so much. And back when I was like big into catfishing, you'd go down and you know you make the fire, and that was fun. I need to do that again. Actually, go catch a bunch of bullheads for flathead bait, and that's fun. There is a bullhead lake over in Plymouth that is just loaded with them. Perfect. That's what you need. You need a you need a good go to spot that you know is shit stacked with uh bullheads and load up, stop there in your way. Fish for a half hour, hour, just load up ain't five no, gallon bucket. Ain't nobody gonna be mad when you take them all out of there either. Nope. That's the nice part. Probably every neighbor on the lake's probably like, Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I had a lake um in West Saint Paul that I hit that was pretty steady eddie for him that was fun we'd go fish below the wakuda bridge down there i guess that would be cottage grove area that's man Saint you Paul are park cottage grove really south metro i think honestly because i live in elk river this the furthest south i'll probably fish this year was probably minnetonka just because i mean there's once you get kind of in more towards the city it's just it's just not as good you get up here and it's you can sit on a river and not well be completely harassed but well know. yeah that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're a ways away we're we're in an undisclosed location somewhere along the rum river which i can say that because the rum river is long oh yeah it is this thing winds back and forth honestly i think this this river is hands down the best kept secret in the state. Dude, there are so many giant smallmouth in this river. It's retarded. From I mean, from Malax all the way till it dumps in the Mississippi. It's just the whole stretch is good. And then they're all different. You have really slow. Most of it's relatively slow, actually. And then you got some faster, rapidy spots. But oh, Joel and Joel and I had a nightmare kayak trip though. On the Mississippi? No, on the rum. It was bad. We. <laughs> <laughs> we put in in a float that by vehicle is, I think, literally one mile, maybe two. <laughs> well, it took us all day to get back to landing. And then we discovered that there was a another bridge that we could have put in that would have cut our time in half. And it wouldn't have been so bad, but it was hot, and we weren't catching dick. <laughs> so we didn't bring enough to drink. We were dying of thirst. We were dying of heat stroke. We were mad because we weren't catching any fish. I mean, we did catch a few northerns and a couple um, smallmouth, but it was not great by any stretch of the imagination. Oh, Justin's got to get up. He's just like slaying the gills over here. <laughs> well, stop casting where they live. <laughs> That's how this podcast is gonna go. It's gonna he's gonna get up. Hopefully, he's going minnow. I gotta crawl around. We'll see. I'll probably just catch a sucker if I catch anything. Hmm. What's the limit on leaves? Is there a slot? Or is it wide open? No more no more than two in your possession. No possession. One day possession limit. Uh-oh. 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 I just got tapped. Oh, there it is. I'm getting tapped again. 
Something's definitely nibbling on it. Fish on. Fish on. I can't get up. How much you want to bet this is a sucker? I know I'm plugged in, but it is. It's a red horse. I knew it. I knew it. You want to talk about flathead bait. Woohoo! Winning. Not skunked. That beautiful fish. Red horse are underappreciated. Completely underappreciated. Easy to catch. They fight good, too. Ooh, that hook popped right out. All right, I'm going to try to... This is going to be a painful episode to listen to, I think. Uh, let's see here. We're going... Giving you the play-by-play -play of trying to get a selfie with this fish. <laughs> let's see. That won't work there. Ooh, I can hold it between my legs. This will be the first selfie with podcast equipment and a fish. Okay. All right. Don't 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 flop. Don't flop. Don't flop. He's getting ready to flop. <laughs> Timer. <laughs> Let's take another one. True story. I, I I learned about the selfie timer this past week. Nice throw. Winning. All right. Sweet. All right. Well, you got the skunk off the board. Ooh, I got a bait up. You want more night crawler? I will. We're going to catch a red horse all night long. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Hey, man, 50% of something's better than 100% of nothing. You can take that to the bank. <laughs> deep thoughts. Sweet by deep Justin thoughts. Squeaks. Squeaks, I assume, is a nickname? Yes. <laughs> Your mom did not name you Squeaks? Uh, no. Is there? There's a story there. Yeah, you want to hear about it? Yes, I do. Okay, I'll tell you about it. So in seventh grade, which is about 1998 Okay, we can, we can stop there because you're making me feel old already. Okay, go ahead. Um, base, the movie Basketball came out, and it was from the creators of South Park. Anyways, there's this character on there, and his name is Squeak Little Bitch Scolari. <laughs> pardon my language. You don't have to pardon your language. It's the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. Okay. Anyways, so there's Squeak Little language. Bitch Scolari, and in history class, seventh grade history class, we we decided, you know, everybody's going to get a nickname, and there was, you know, some, some guy was called Home Skillet, and then I, I honestly don't remember what the rest of them were called, but I got Squeaks out of it somehow. So I carried it into eighth grade. Next year, school year, yep, still squeaks. Now it's like, all right, so how it works in Anoka and Champlin is is I'm from Anoka, and I went to Fredmore, and there are parts of Champlin Park that also go to Fredmore. And the Champlin Park kids are the ones that named me squeaks. So I'm thinking, you know, as I, as I leave eighth grade and I go into Anoka High School, I'm probably not going to carry this name. <laughs> Which I, I honestly, I was like, I didn't, it didn't make any difference to me. It wasn't like a... And a negative As far nickname. as nicknames go, it's not the worst. No, it's not. I've heard a lot worse. But I carried it into ninth grade, and, and it stuck then. And then year after year after year after year after year, it, it kept sticking. And, and I think 
Honestly, the only people that call me Justin are my grandma, my mom, and my girlfriend. That's about it. And it just squeaks the rest of the time? Mm-hmm. Even my dad. My own dad will not call me Justin anymore. Really? It's kind of weird. Well, my my wife's um, family is that way. So her dad gives nicknames to everybody, all the kids. And even, like, and then extended, you know, their kids get nicknames. He doesn't call anybody by their real name. She's been creep her entire <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you want to talk about bad nicknames? Yikes. All right. This is great. And none of them listen to this podcast, so if they happen to listen to it, sorry. The, your secret's out. But there's the, there are some awesome ones. Her, young, <laughs> her youngest sister's nickname was, you know, I'm going to save this one. So the next daughter down, <laughs> these are great. The next daughter down's nickname is Scrubs. Scrubs. Scrubby. We always we call her Scrubby. Okay. Um, her name is Laura. Then Kimberly came along and not quite sure how he pulls these names out, but she was, I'm waiting for that motorcycle to go by. She was butt butt. But, but, <laughs> but, but, okay. Uh, That's better than ass ass. Yeah, well, kind of. She did kinda. not. She did not like it. And uh, when I when they told me that story, she became butt butt to me, and <laughs> it used to it used to piss her oh, off. Oh man, so much. But now, now that she's gotten to know me better and knows I don't mean anything by it, and I just think it's funny and it's, it's kind of cute. It's endearing. I think it's I think it's endearing. Which all of his all of his nicknames. Even they might sound, they might not sound very uh, flattering. Sure, are all from a good place. Like that's just you know, like we have a nephew. He's on. He's autistic, and he's gooner. He's just he's a goonball. He's a gooner, and that's like you know. I mean, it, it that's just that's just what he is. We all call him gooner. I mean, it's just it sticks. And for whatever reason, he has the magic nickname wand. Once he says a name, it just sticks. Huh. And uh, so she also has twin brothers who at one point in time were uh, poop and stooge. <laughs> poop and stooge. <laughs> Which I like a lot. Poop and stooge are great names. It's like it's like puke and, puke and uh, who are the characters at the Renaissance Festival? God dang it. It's puke and, oh. I think it's poop and puke. Isn't it poop and puke? I don't know, but their stand-up was really funny, though. It's something like that, and they're pretty funny. But, yeah, so that's a little insight by... Uh, Life, but so squeaks in the realm of nicknames, not the worst thing ever. No, I'm actually, I'm pleased with it at this point. (laughs) At this point. (laughs) Oh, that's hilarious. So squeaks is a fellow competitor of the Minnesota Made Outdoors Ice Fishing Tournament Series. There's a lot of words in that. I don't know really what you'd call it. I mean, because all of them are technically tournaments, and, and each one pays out and has prizes and such, but it's all part of a series. I don't I don't know. I just I just call it the series. or just made. I don't know. Because I feel stupid every time I try to articulate and think about it. <laughs> and I probably look even dumber. <laughs> Good thing about podcasts, nobody can see you. Right? At least, I got, at least on mine, anyways. I got a face for radio. <laughs> You and me both, pal. <laughs> you and me both. Where is he going? Yeah. So you, uh, where did you finish last year in the in the season? We talked a little bit about it when we got here, but 
So we we started first tournament last year was Pacagamo. Oh wait, let's back up a little bit more. How long have you been in the league? Last year was my first. Full okay, year. so you were your first full year. So you subbed a couple times, or yeah, the year before Dylan's partner um, Tim had, had other things going on. So I filled in at Waconia and Pacagamo last or two years ago, and then last year we were full time partners. God, I want to fish Pacagamo again this year, but anyways, sorry. So last year, um, last year Pacagamo we took ninth, and we never. We moved. We started at our original spot. So, so pre-fishing and the actual tournament day, if I remember right, almost kind of flipped because pre-fishing for us went really, really well. Like we didn't, we didn't have to do a ton of searching for the crappies. Not that really anybody no. has to in that lake. Well. But we we thought we were on a good area, and we figured, oh, okay, so this is gonna work. So, pre-fishing goes great. Tournament day shows up, and it's not anything like pre-fishing was at all. And I think that. That screwed a lot of people up, but for us, we were too dumb to realize what had happened, and we just went to our spot anyways, which was good because, I mean, we filled our crappies kind of right away, but the gills is what got us into ninth place for sure because we every one of our gills were at least nine and a half, nine, nine and a half, ten. We didn't have any mondo big ones, and we didn't have a mondo crappie that would have put us into the money, but we had all of our gills. All of our crappies. And I think that's where we came in. Joel and I, I think we placed, what, you get prizes down to fifth place? I want to say, yeah. Or no, money down to first, second, third, fourth. We were just, did we get checks or were we just out of the money? Crap, I don't remember. Because 10th place always got the Northlight plastics box. Right, yep, (laughs) yep. Which I feel bad for all you guys that that threw those away. Why would you throw them away? Because absolutely zero people seemed thrilled when they won them. Well, they're not ice fishing jigs. They're a little big, bulky. They're your typical, like, off-the-dock, Mr. Twister kind of plastics. Right, which... They have their place. Is great, but when you're fishing in a winter tournament, yeah, you want you you winter that things. Can, that you can use. But Regardless, the other weekend I was using those and absolutely crushed with them. So I'm actually happy that... What was that right in front of us? I don't know, but my rod's bouncing a little bit. Is it? Like, I don't think it's a fish, though. So either way, we, we take ninth at Pekegamo because our gills carried us in there. And and I have never left a tournament so proud, so happy, so elated in my life. And needless to say, I, I haven't fished really a ton of tournaments. I mean, just the Maid Series, and that's that's really about it. But we had struggled as a as a pair the year before when I subbed in. So our expectations for last year were like, okay, well, if we place, you know, in the top ten once, holy crap, it's yeah. going to be a miracle. So right away we place, and I think I, I, I won like a spring bobber rod or something like that. But that's how we started our year, and we could not have started, in my opinion, any better. We placed. We did it. We didn't win money, but we placed. And I had something to show for my efforts, and mm-hmm. that's all that mattered. So, I believe the next one after that was was that Maple or Minnetonka? Uh, the next one would have been. I feel like it was Maple. How many events are there? Four. <laughs> Four. 
<laughs> we did last year. We did Pakegama, uh, Maple, Minnetonka, and Marine. I think it was Maple. Maple was a disaster. Maple was tough. Maple served us the coldest slice of humble pie I have ever eaten oh, in my everybody life. Everybody did. I, I want to go back to Pakegama though, and because uh, we had, I agree. Like we pre-fished, <laughs> and we caught. I mean, it seemed like you could drill a hole anywhere in that lake and catch crappie. Yep. It, good ones. I yep. mean, we were catching good ones. Twelves. Shallow, 13s, too. Thirteens. Relatively shallow. Relatively shallow. And then I stumble upon, it wasn't really stumble upon, I found it, like, the day, be, the, the day before, I find this bluegill spot right at pretty much first light, and it's stacked with quality bluegills. Like, they're all good. All nines. Like, all good. And I'm like, whew. I, I went around, I drilled, like, you know, I started out, I drilled like four holes, I think. I started fishing. I didn't get anything the first hole. Second hole is like bang, 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 all nines. I'm like, mm, throw some snow in that hole, <laughs> and we're gone. No need to draw attention to this spot because there's well, something going on here for sure. And then so proceeded to fish around. You know, we found some, you know, good crappies, and they were just everywhere. So when it came time to, and most people will target crappies first light because generally crappies are a low-light fish. And right. um but because I found that spot, and it was, a again, this was shallower than we had been fishing anywhere else where I found these bluegills. And it was at first light. My concern was, is this just a morning bite spot? Do they just move up onto this spot at first light and then slide off of it? And do I risk not finding these gills? Because my, my, my thought was, everybody's going to get the crappies. It's yep. who gets the better gills is who's going to win this thing. Yep. So we went there, and yep, we and it wasn't like it was the day before, but we did put, I think four, I think we had four real good ones, and then some decent ones, and we wanted like the the morning was starting to drag out. We wanted obviously we wanted our full, we wanted our full. Uh, was it eight? What is it? Seven, 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 and seven, seven, and seven and one fish. Yeah. So we wanted our obviously we wanted our full sevens of nine pluses in that spot. But it just wasn't happening in time, and morning was getting late, and we're like, we better go get some crappies. And so we we boogied out of there, and, and then we ran around, and then it was running around all day long, and then, yeah, we struggled to find decent crappies. I mean, we, we had a full limit when we went to weigh-in, but we didn't have any good kicker fish. I Neither don't think we. we had a single 12-inch crappie. We had one that was 12, and I think one that was 11 and a half. Yeah, we the rest had, were 10. Yeah, we had 10s and, and 11s, I think, pretty much. And, and that was like, we're, we went, <laughs> every event, we went to weigh in thinking we got our ass absolutely handed to us. <laughs> you guys underestimate yourselves, number one. <laughs> every single tournament, people are like, how'd you do? And we're like, dude. It was a we, bunch of sandbaggers. We suck, dude. <laughs> we just sell all our equipment and just take up something else because we just got destroyed. I think we just have, yeah, we have unrealistically high expectations, I think is what it boils down to. But, uh, yeah, then we came in and we, we started weighing. We're like, holy crap, we're in this thing. And we definitely had, I think we had, if they just weighed the gills, I think we had the best gill bag, I'm pretty sure. So we just had... They were all those four, like nines, nine pluses that we had, really, really helped us out. And then, although I think do I do think somebody had a bigger bluegill, like big bluegill was. 
Somebody brought in a toad. So if I yeah, remember right. I it don't was remember. like ten and three quarters. Yeah, or something but then like that. They the rest of them weren't. You know, they didn't have the rest of their fish weren't big. Um, but we didn't have that kicker, and I want to say we placed like fourth or fifth. And it's like but the weights are really close. If honestly, if we had had one twelve-inch crappie, we probably would have taken first place. I think the difference between like lat or tenth and money was like half a pound yeah or it was like that. was really tight it was really tight and that's like seriously we couldn't find one 12 inch fish on that lake i mean i must have caught 20 of those the day before that goes to show you how <laughs> how how i mean and it's amazing that how fast things just change overnight just like that and you can't even chalk it up the pressure you know because of the tournament because there was just as many people fishing just people fishing than as it was the tournament i mean there was a bunch of guys you know, in the club, pre-fishing, obviously, but there was just people out there fishing, yeah. too. I mean, the, there was plenty of pressure the day before. I mean, it wasn't like, it was like all the, all the wheeler traffic or something put them in a funk. It's like, no, 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 that wasn't, that wasn't it. I heard the winners got well, well, well away from everyone. Yeah, that's all, that's pretty much standard operating I mean, like, they were, for me. they were away from, like, everyone yeah i remember seeing but them. they, they started they started coming up yeah i mean you could see them start working their way back down and then they drop and they just they yeah. kept going i mean those they kind of pounded the same stretch for a long time most of the day i think if i'm not mistaken we should have never moved we did halfway through the day i think we ran around for like an hour hour and a half to check out the, the spots from the previous year that worked out really well and we ended up just coming back to the same spot and i don't i know there are cribs in that lake and i know where a few of them are I don't even worry about cribs, especially in wintertime. I don't. But I think I don't we think were cribs, sitting on one. I don't though. think structure holds fish in the wintertime. I don't think there's any algae growing. I don't think there's any bugs on them. I don't think there's no real reason. I mean, I've fished, I, I certain other lakes that I know that have structure, down trees or whatever, where you just absolutely slam in the summertime, and I go there in winter, and it's a barren wasteland. I just don't think that kind of structure holds fish in the winter. If it's a lake that has very few features, like a red lake, I feel like does. And Pakegama is maybe not featureless. Well, that's true. It doesn't have weeds either. Pakegama doesn't have any weeds, so maybe maybe they do hold out in there. It just seems like they, the fish of Pakegama, um, relate to break lines. In my, yes, in my opinion. Yes, fully agree. Yeah. Yes, but sometimes they can be off of that break line by quite a bit. But they it, still, you find that magic depth. And you can still use those contours anywhere on the lake and pretty much find fish. I want to say 12 to 14, somewhere in there yep. was our magic yep. number. 12, 14, you can go out 15 as the day gets longer. They seem to slide out a little bit deeper. I used to fish that lake a lot even before, you know, obviously before I joined the tournament because last year was our first year. But um, I would get there before sun up, and I would go – to 10 feet and I'd start fishing. I'd start jigging in 10 feet, trying to find those early morning walleyes and crappies. And, uh, Oh, I got a smallie out there too. Ice fishing. Yeah. During the event. Uh, pre-fishing. Yes. That's awesome. Right. I had never caught one. Ooh, your line just tipped. It's been kind of moving. I don't think. Yeah. You're bobbing. You're either getting kicked around or you got a little something. Yeah, something I have on. some leafs or something. I better just check it. Got nothing going on here. My minnow's drowning. My minnow's drowning. 
Probably. I want to put on a nightcrawler, but A, I don't have enough weight, so I'm not going to throw it in the current. And B, I don't, I don't want to catch no more goddamn bluegills. <laughs> goddamn bluegills. <laughs> As we were talking so highly of them in the winter. <laughs> Allegedly, Squeak says there's 30-inch walleyes in the spot. I've seen the pictures. <laughs> pictures say a thousand <laughs> words. And that one says a lot. <laughs> I don't know. This is just cool. I haven't done this in forever. This is quite relaxing. Just not grinding. Kind of nice shock top Belgian white. I got code red Mountain Dew because I don't drink. Not a drinker. The um, thermocells seem to be doing their job. We're getting to that time of night where the mosquitoes should be brutal, but mine is. They seem to be. Yeah. They seem to be rocking. I I came out here earlier this year and got absolutely eaten alive. And that very next day, I went to Cabela's and bought one of these. And I am a firm believer oh, in them. Oh uh, yeah, I so I've been a Thermosil user now for a few years. Um, I didn't jump on the bandwagon right away, but was, I kind of thought this was like hocus pocus when they first came out. I'm like, yeah, right. It's right? like those whistling things you put on your car to keep the deer off. I'm like, yeah, I'm not <laughs> buying this. I have to put this on the same shelf as the copper bracelets. For pain or whatever, magnetic bracelets or whatever. But um, then I started hearing good things about them from people I actually trust. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to try. The price came down, too, because they were pretty expensive when they first came out. And then the price came down. And I'm like, all right, this is worth a $20 bill to me now, like yeah. this experiment. Oh, Because yeah. we're getting annihilated early goose season. And we're stand at the field we were hunting that year was like standing corn. So it's like. Yeah, like <laughs> prime habitat for mosquitoes. <laughs> and uh, so we, we set up there. I, I turn it on. I'm still swatting. And I'm like, this thing's garbage. Chris is like, you know, a minute after turning it on. But, you know, I didn't really know how they worked or, or what the deal was. And then uh, it then I just realized everybody else was swatting mosquitoes and I wasn't. I'm like, well, goddamn, goddamn. That's a yeah. shameless plug for Thermosil, yeah, by that, the way. Yeah, well, whatever. They work. Go get some. I'm definitely not sponsored by Thermosil, although if Thermosil would like to pick up a <laughs> – like to pick up the podcast, I'm more than happy to uh, pimp them out every every show. But highly doubt they're listening to this. <laughs> we, we need to bring this to their attention. <laughs> yes. I'll just hashtag Thermosil. Oh, I should take a picture of that. Like the thermosel leaned up against my fork stick. That'd be perfect. So, all right, back to uh, last year's season. So then, so Pekegama shook out. Pekegama was good. We did we did good. Um, not as good as we hoped, but we did place. I think, I'm pretty sure it was in the top five. We, we placed well. We placed well at one fish, and we would have won. Then I do think it was Maple. Maple. Yeah. I don't the know. second event was that cold. It was brutally cold. Yes, because our goal at Minnetonka was just to come in with a full bag because <laughs> maple yeah, was so bad. Maple, right. we only brought in two yeah, fish. It, it, was, it definitely was maple. It was maple for sure. I remember that now. And the first fish I caught tournament morning was a pike, and I didn't catch anything for like four hours Dude, after maple that. maple was brutal. Pre-fishing, we went, we went into it thinking, and we heard that everybody goes fish that northern, that, that upper bay. Yep. But the majority of that lake... Is huge. I mean, it's not huge, but compared to that North Bay, I mean, there's this giant swath of water, and we cameraed the living hell out of it and found absolute squat. We found one, we found some basin crappies that were all about four inches. 
giant schools of four inches. Like, just, this is stupid. And there is weeds, but not good weeds. There are, like, giant stands of, like, dead milfoil or coontail or whatever, and like, super thick. It just was garbage. And um, come to, come tournament time, it was like, well, I guess we're going to the North Bay. Everybody raced to that North Bay. I mean, they were parked on top of each other. And yes, we were. <laughs> I mean, I, jo- I joined in the fray. I don't think we didn't have a good – we were second flight, I'm pretty sure, that that event. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we just jumped in shoulder to shoulder with everybody else. I mean, I was like – because I would never been in this club before. I didn't know what to expect. And, you know, we talked about you're supposed to give a certain cushion <laughs> to the, to the doesn't, teams. Doesn't exist. <laughs> or whatever. And I'm like – I don't remember what those numbers were, but this is closer than whatever those numbers were because <laughs> we're on top of each other. There was literally probably, I think about. I know people fished holes that we drilled, which is fine. I mean, no, but you don't own a hole. You drill oh, a yeah. hole, you don't own it. No. Nope. I mean, Once you walk away from that hole, that, that yeah. hole. And I, I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm just saying, like, that's just, that's how close people were. And there was a, I mean, there was eight teams right in that one spot. That if, was like Pacagam of the year before. Was it? Pekegama to end that day. Well, A, it's silly, yes, but B, it's really cool because the end of Pekegama the year before, we we were – I don't want to give away any spots. All I'll simply say (laughs) is there was was about five or six teams huddled up within about a 20-yard radius, and it came down to where – probably three teams were were actively working together, and they drill a hole – and boom, 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 you'd see Mark, mm. and you'd see literally three of them, and you could reach out and shake hands with all three. Yeah. They'd catch one, and all of a sudden you could see the disappear. One guy would get up, and, and they'd start to literally follow each oh, other. Oh, just start hopscotching. And like they were growing. literally following the school. They'd mark yeah. it, oh, it's here, it's no, it's over here. And this was before, because oh, wow. we weren't, nobody could use pan optics, and nobody, mm-hmm. nobody could, but it, it was literally like that. It was really, I mean, as weird as it sounds, it was really cool to watch. Hmm. Because you can you can sit next to the guy, and it does to me it doesn't matter. You you still got to be able to catch him. And yeah, I you got triggered to bite. More often than not, been outfished by people that are sitting right <laughs> next to me to the point where it's like you know what I don't get mad at people anymore because I understand. Yeah, yeah. it's it's that was it, it took a little bit to get used to being kind of close. Yeah, with people everyone. people that consistently win, it's not an accident. Nope. I mean, it's not this. Yes, there is an element of luck involved, but when you consistently come in with good numbers, Jack, there's Jeremy. there's an element there. Yeah, exactly. Ooh, rod tips bouncing a little bit, but must just be garbage because that's not a sharp, well, not a sharp bounce. But yeah, maple was tough, and uh, I was getting frustrated because just like you were saying, I was watching people catch decent crappies, and I couldn't buy a bite. And I was right there. I'm like, what is going on? Thankfully, um, Austin was filling in that time, and he was actually catching some fish. So he helped me out. Then then kind of shit the bed when it came to bluegills. He didn't catch a single keeper bluegill all day. And we needed three more to get a full limit. And then that we could have went and, you know, grabbed that bonus crappie, and then we'd have been probably top ten because I think we finished 11th that – event i think i don't remember we finished 24th because one team didn't show up so technically we still finished last. <laughs> wow <laughs> we caught two fish and at noon 
I looked at Dylan. I said, "Fuck it, dude. I'm done. I can't feel my hands anymore. I'm done." Oh, it was so cold. It so was we we so popped the cold. house up. I put the heater in there. I sat down. I dropped a bobber and a jig, and I just played on my phone. I was like, "This isn't our day. I'm not gonna try and force it and get any more angrier about this." Yeah, and that was a good thing I learned with the house. It's like I never think about setting up a house, but. What people are setting their house up was just to keep their bucket in so it didn't freeze. I was like, that is pretty smart. I guess I'm going to have to start bringing a house for when it's really cold, days like that in the heater. It sucks lugging them around, though. It really it does, does. But you, know, you got wheelers, whatever. You throw in a sled. And, I mean, I just had, you know, if I just pull, you just pull my flip over, that's all I need. Just I'm not in there. It just needs to hold the heater in my bucket. So... That's I mean, because yeah, I mean, my bucket was freezing shut, and from the out, you know, from the walls in, <laughs> running out of liquid water for my fish to even live in. They were gonna be a block by the end of the day. Um, but got, yeah, that was. We got back to the landing. Dylan's truck wasn't working. It was. <laughs> we didn't probably oh, yeah. leave Maple Lake till I should. I shit you not. Probably about like six o'clock. Oh my god. I mean, like, it was, we sat around for probably an hour and a half after weigh-in trying to figure out what's wrong with this vehicle, and then Giz ended up driving them up the roadways, went, got a battery, brought it back, finally got the truck started, but it was, yeah, it was about 5, 5.30, 6 o'clock by the time we left Maple Lake. It was just, that whole day was just a Nightmare. fucking disaster. Yeah, that's, an, I mean, that was another one. We definitely went to the the weigh-in with our head held pretty low because we didn't have a full limit. And then we started seeing other people that didn't have full limits. You're like, well, at least we're not the only ones that suck. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, and then it's like, all right, it was just a tough day for everybody. You know, but you don't know that at the time. You know, you don't, you just think. Nobody's going to talk to you about how many fish they got. Yeah, if they do, they're like, not going to give you an honest answer. Yeah, you're like, I don't, I mean, they're bluegills, dude. The kids catch them off of docks. Like, how hard is it to catch seven Seven-inch bluegills. This is ridiculous. But Here, here's your slice of humble pie. That day, it was very difficult to find a seven-inch bluegill. And there wasn't, and and there weren't many bigger ones weighed that day than seven. What eight might have been the biggest one? Like that lake, I just don't think has big gills in it. Had some pretty nice crappies though. I was surprised to see some of the crappies that were brought in. I mean, I think there were a couple that were 13. Yeah, there there was, was one guy that had a toe. There were some real nice crappies pulled out of there that day. Real nice. None of them by us, but yeah. Yeah, same. So once that ended, I, we were we were glad to be done with Maple. We knew that that was – once we left there, we said, all right, you know, there's there's always one disaster day a year, and, and that was going to be it. Now, Dylan, the year before, had two disaster days because – um, Waconia was a disaster because it was negative 12 that day. And Clearwater, which I think was their first event, he sliced his hand open on his ion to start the day. Oh, my God. And I think he, somebody had to bring him, like, duct tape and stuff. <laughs> so he had, the year before, two really tough tournaments. He goes, I don't ever want to deal with that again. So then we go into the next year, and we get done with Maple, and we North Arm is the next one. We say to ourselves, you know, the only thing we want is a full bag out of here. That's it. We don't care where we place. Yeah. We just want to come in to weigh in with a full bag, and everything will take care of it itself after that. Here's the problem with that. Every team brought a full <laughs> bag in to weigh in. We brought the smallest uh, no. bag to weigh in. And it, I don't think it was cool. I think we were off. <laughs> Next place up from us, I think it was like a half pound or a full pound difference. I mean, we we caught fish all day. 
we just never caught anything with size. Nothing quality. But we were also sitting in 30 feet of water because we had learned at Maple Lake that nothing against Markham Technologies. They just they don't work as well in shallow water as if XLR does. Hmm. That's the honest to God truth. I don't have I don't have a ton of experience with Markham. I've I've just I own a Markham. Just because I bought a Vexlar was like the first flasher I bought, and mm. then I've just always stuck with it because I'm familiar with them. And They're then, so bulletproof too. And I got the what's the I splurged last year. What the twenty eight? Is that the that's the nice the one. Granddaddy. That's a nice one. It is nice, dude. It's so nice that that automatic like function, you know, like the zoom automatic zoom on it. Where yes. you, just, you just top around, you don't have to adjust anything. It just gives you that. I mean, it just switches for you. Like I'm done salivating over your bags. <laughs> I like my mark. It 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 took us that full day. To, it took me the whole day to understand how to read or how to work it in a shallow water. And and the reason I would, I mean, I drop my jig down. We're sitting in like seven eight feet, and I can't see anything, and I don't understand why. Yeah. And I'm at an eight degree cone angle, so it's like, all right, well, let's start, you know, messing around with stuff. Flop out to a 20-degree cone angle. Okay, now we can actually start to see our jig. We went through three-quarters of that day without knowing that uh, until that we sucks. decided it was like, all right, well, let's screw around with this because, yeah. you know, it's you know we're not going to do anything else. I do need so. to toy around with my the 28 a little bit because it has a it has a shallow water or, like, weedy, low-power function on it that I haven't messed with because in shallow water – a tiny like three millimeter tungsten it's basically like a pike on yeah. your <laughs> giant giant mark on your on your flasher but i mean at least that shallow water yeah. weed mode on the vexlar is really yeah i need really to sweet. i need to play with that this this winter you guys did that yeah. well last year and you didn't even use shallow water mode on your ground no. <laughs> what the hell <laughs> well i mean it shows a fish i mean i mean it's just giant mark if i can see my bait i can see the fish and that's just a matter of <laughs> triggering that fish to bite true I mean, it would be nice if the if my jig didn't cover up a quarter of my screen at a time. But, sure, but I mean, at it, least you could see it. Yeah, it got the job done. It you know it did what it it was giving me the information I needed. You know, you're not it's not going to show you anything outside the cone, no matter how big the mark is. So it, you know, it's just it's almost personal preference at that point. But I am gonna am gonna mess with it. The thing is, I think. You know, we tried to be cautiously optimistic going into this. Um, when we joined Minnesota Made, because you know we'd never fished competitive ice fishing before, but Joel and I have been fishing together for quite a few years, and we fish well together. We seem to like share a mind when it comes to dissecting a body of water and and figuring fish out, and not even just when we're out having fun in air quotes, because most ice fishermen look at us like we're crazy. But we'll drill 50 to 100 holes a day. Not, And this was before we were pre-fishing or we were in it. Like, this is just how we fish. So it's kind of, we, we're, you know, we start talking. I'm like, we should really find a tournament. I think we'd be okay in a, in a tournament league because we generally catch more fish than the people we know. Definitely more than just your Joe Schmo right. angler. And uh, we, we're constantly turning lakes in the Swiss cheese. I mean, that's just how we just don't stay still. To our detriment at times, we move too much. That can be a problem. And I know it's a problem. And I, and I just I don't have it in me to, to sit still and wait for fish to come to me. But I know there's times, especially in shallow water, where that will help you out. 
because them fish, when you're in three, four, five feet of water, they hear you walking. They know, crunch, I mean, crunch, yeah, crunch. it's crunch. really hard to be quiet. And uh, that's your best bet is if you know the fish are in the area is just to sit still and be as quiet as you can. But I just can't, can't do, do that. It. I'm terrible at it. But anyway, so that's when we, we decided to jump in. And, you know, we had that, I think it was like episode two of the Full Scale Outdoors podcast. We had, I had um, Giz and, there's a fish just swirled over there. Giz and Jake on. Um, you know, we did a little preseason thing, and they asked like where we were hoping to be, and we're like, well, top 10 would be nice. And they kind of scoffed at us a little bit, like, all right, well, it seems kind of lofty. And I'm like, well, yeah, may- I guess, maybe. Well, and then when they kind of scoffed at I kind of was like, am I going to eat my words? Like, <laughs> is <laughs> oh, this shit. A lot what harder? Get into? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is a lot harder than I think it is. Uh, and it is tough. And, and everybody in the league's good, good sticks. I mean, they're all good fishermen, so it's – they're all good guys, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. I don't great, think I've ever seen anyone get into a yelling, no, screaming I, match or no, anything. Not even close. Everybody's, like, ready to help the other guys as much as they can, and it was awesome. It was – we just had a ton of fun. But So, yeah, we got to get signed up. We gotta still got to like pay our dues. I'm going to do that tonight and get, get signed up for this, this season. Those hoodies this year. Are yes. The, I need the, a new Kenders. The Kenders Hole Hoppers, dude. This is a well. It's not really a shameless plug because they, they are a sponsor of Minnesota Made. So if you're an ice fisherman, listen to this. Go on to Kenders website and get a Hole Hopper hoodie. You're not gonna want to wear it indoors. Nope. You will sweat your monkey balls right off. But outside, if you are a hole hopping some bitch like we are when we ice fish, dude, they are amazing. Uh, amazing. Block they, the wind. They're soft inside. Like, there were so many days I didn't even put my coat on. It's just my bibs and that whole hopper hoodie. Yep. And was more than comfortable. If you start, you know, moving around like we do, drilling holes, so I'm sure that's why they call it the whole hopper hoodie. Sure. Uh, you're, it just locks that heat in, dude. It's just, it's amazing. And that front pouch, too. You throw a yeah. couple hot oh, hands yeah. in there, and it's like, oh, Dude, those man. things are money. But, yeah, we're getting special ones for the league this year with our names on it. If you pay for it. I mean, it's, you know. Hell, not, yeah, I'm going to pay for that not street cred. They're giving us these, but, yeah, they're pretty cool. You're I not going to be able to buy one off the shelf in the store with your name on it. So. But, honestly, even if you don't fish, you hunt. I mean, anybody that spends any time outdoors in the fall, the spring, the winter, when it's rainy, especially in the fall and spring, I mean, the, the jacket, the sweatshirt, it's windproof and waterproof. I have dumped water and pop and stuff all over the front of me and never felt it. Yeah, I got, I got like, the white one, kind of. Yeah. And it has, a, has the Kenders red in the inside of the hoodie, and that's my only... Um, critique of it because if it wasn't red i could have used it for snow goose hunting (laughs) 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 so it's not even a real critique it's just like wow this would be perfect for snow goose hunting if it wasn't bright red i just want to use your sweatshirt more that's all exactly so make me one that's got black inside and we're golden even casual fishermen i got a buddy that did buy one last year and they sent him one of the pro staff ones so he got one of the sweet gray ones oh nice he's not even pro staff he just yeah, casual fisherman but he got one and he he goes i wish i would have known about this before he goes these things are worth i mean they i think they might be about 50 60 bucks maybe a little bit more but they are so they're worth it dude they're so it's, worth it when you're dealing with the cold of ice fishing you know like 
you need to spend some money. <laughs> Get it's whatever it is, it's worth it. And they're dude, they're just so nice. They're just so nice. But yeah, you can't wear them indoors. You'll like a minute inside. You're like, this thing has to come off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty nice. I love Kendra's. They got good jigs too. They do like, have good jigs, and I got a buttload of them. Every time I post a picture on one of their threads or something, they end up re reposting it or something like that. I, just, I don't know. They they take the time to acknowledge stuff, which other companies do, but Kendra's really, really does a good job. I mean, you are constantly seeing people photos of people that have caught fish using their stuff i mean it's yeah. it whether it be joe schmo or somebody that's pro staff professional for him it doesn't matter they they will post it and i i absolutely love yeah that i love their them. i love their stuff bro you're talking to the kinder sportsman of the year kinder Come sportsman on. Of the year. <laughs> i would you know that's one thing i mean i'm not gonna lie i i think not that anybody truly guns or aims for it but i think everybody in the back of their mind kind of thinks a little bit of, or at least for me I think about it we went into that final well, I day hope so I mean that's kind of I mean it's it's a nice carrot and like the, there's a really good group of guys and any anybody in that league could is oh, well yeah. is well deserving of it I mean oh, it's yeah. just and if but but having that in the back of your mind it wasn't my goal to get that either I mean it no. just it just happened but having that in the back of your mind if that does make you go above and beyond the call of duty a little bit like you know, I'm going to stick around, make sure everybody's wheeler starts, or I'm going to bring an extra battery to this event just in case someone, you know, like. Plow out the access at Big Marine. Yeah, plow out the access at Big <laughs> Marine. Listen, if we wouldn't have done, that was just out of necessity. That had to happen. That that ha- when I went there to scout the day before, and we just got all that snow, and I, my truck was making it through, but barely. And I had the big Yukons, got tall tires. The yep. only reason I had the clearance is the only reason I was able to get around where I did. God, that's and I saw snow. a bunch of other trucks stuck, and that lot where we were going to meet was not plowed out. And everybody coming in and out of there were just making ruts and making it worse. And so I went, oh, my God, my wheeler had a small plow on it, and that thing wasn't working very well. Something was wrong with it. So I got a little bit on the lake cleared off. And then that didn't work, and I'm like, "Shit, we have got to get this clear. We're not. I don't know how we're going to hold this event. We're not going to be able to get there's, in this parking lot. Nobody can park. There's nowhere to park. Yeah, there's no, there's no like street parking anywhere, and that's and by the lake there. And I so I, a buddy of mine that plows for Adonis Heights and you know that area. I'm like, I just call him up. I'm gonna see if he's available. I'll whatever. I mean, that's I'll, how that happened. I'll pay him. Yeah. So I, I thought him. it was actually you yourself that no, actually I did him. it. No, I called. Oh, okay. Well, I tried. But it, I, my equipment wasn't enough to handle all that snow. <laughs> Three feet of snow. Yeah, I don't blame so, um, And my wheeler just, it wasn't, something was goofy with it. It just wasn't running right. And uh, I think I could have done it. It just would have taken me a zillion years to do it. And I knew that before I went there. I'm like, this is going to take me until like 10 o'clock. But it doesn't matter. It has to be done. It just has to be done. Somebody's got to do it. I don't it has see anybody else And I live pretty it. close to there. So it's like, well, who else going to, I mean, I probably live the closest to that lake. I think it was an hour drive for us. No, it's twenty minutes for me. Yeah, that was definitely close. Yeah, so I'm like, it's it has to be done. It just it had to be. When I went there, I'm like, this this has to get cleared out. We're fucked if somebody doesn't clear this out. <laughs> so yeah, I was like, once my wheeler stopped working, I just made a phone call. And I was like, Mike, what are you doing? He's like, no, I'm just watching. Bob. I'm like, can you do me a huge favor? You know, I'll pay it whatever, whatever you know, whatever it takes, and. uh He's like, well, what's it for? I'm like, well, we got the tournament tomorrow, and we got a bunch of guys got to park down here, and there's 
there's no way we're going to hold this thing. There's nowhere. I mean, there's just literally no way. People are going to be stuck. That's the, yeah. All we're going to do is be getting, like, it's going to be brutal. And he's like, yeah, I'll swing down. So, I mean, you know, he was gracious enough to come down. And then, you know, I think he wouldn't take any money. He just, you know, like, ah, buy me a beer someday. I'm like, all right, deal. Thanks, man. And, uh, yeah, so we were able to show up. And he plowed out the main parking lot, about half of it anyways. And then he plowed out that spot on the lake a little bit for us. And What a guy. It was nice. It was very nice of him. And uh, appreciate it, Mike. If you're listening, that was awesome. I appreciate so, you too, Mike. It was great. It was awesome. But we, we would have been screwed without it. I mean, literally would have been. I don't know how we would have operated. It would have been a nightmare. Correct. It was like three feet of snow. It was terrible. It was brutal. So back to the Kenders thing. Yeah. Where so, are we at with that? Kenders. I remember that morning pulling into Big Marina and Dylan's like, you know, they're going to announce Kenders person of the year. And I go, yeah. I go, I'm going to make a guess on it. He goes, who's your pick? And I said, it's going to be fucking Dale. <laughs> Why do you say that? I go, the parking lot plowing wasn't the cincher. I go, but I go, something tells me in my gut that it's going to be Dale. Now, moment of honesty. Oh, all right. I really didn't like you. Oh, man. I don't. Whatever. Well, number one, because you're tall. <laughs> Two, you got a really good beard game going on. And three, you are kicking my ass every weekend. So I'm well, like, you know what? F this guy. He's going to win it anyways. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. Fuck that guy. I don't give a I'll shit. Take, I'll take that. Those are good reasons to be hated. If it was something like, you have an ugly smile. Or, <laughs> <laughs> or I mean, I'm a smart ass, and uh, I know I've pissed off my share of people that just don't get my humor. So it wasn't that. So, I mean, that that would have I'm like, yeah, I get that. I'm, I'm I shouldn't <laughs> say I hate you. I just, no, no. I was envious because, no. A, the beard. I've always wanted to grow a beard, and I, I don't Dude, grow facial bro, hair. Have you tried? Yeah. Okay. Because I didn't think I could either. The only like right now, my summertime goat was like the only facial hair I've had like the majority of my adult life. Because my hair, my facial hair, as it grows out, grows in every direction possible. My mustache like curls up, and I'm like, there's no way I can grow a decent beard. So I never even tried. My dad grew a beard one winter, and it was atrocious. And so I just <laughs> oh, literally just assumed. I mean, he looked like a homeless man. I mean, I literally <laughs> like I thought. That's what my beard would be because as I watch it grow, it's growing in all these different directions. But I do also think that every man at some point in time in his life, no matter how terrible the beard is, just needs to let it rock for a winter just to, just to say he did and uh, just to see what – so that's what I did. It was two years ago. It was my first beard-growing season. And as it was growing in, I'm like, yep, this is going to be a nightmare. <laughs> I could just see – like it started – it was it – was, going wherever it wanted to and really thick beard hairs too is like there's no taming of this it's just like this is going to be a long winter because i promised myself i wasn't going to shave it and i was like oh. but then as it started to fill out like the weight of it started to pull down started to lay come christmas i was like i just caught myself in the mirror one time i was like god damn <laughs> <laughs> i look good that's not that's this is a pretty good beard. And my mustache, that's the part that shocked the hell out of me. That thing was laying straight down. I'm like, nice. I've threatened to have just a mustache. The wife is not having it. <laughs> you know what? Hey, I'm you like, know, come on. I know I'm no Sam Elliott, but come on. Right? You know what a, you know what a two-year-old looks like after you give him a, a chocolate snack pack? <laughs> 
that's what my facial hair looks like. It's a little bit here. It's a little bit there. Uh, and well, I do. I still do have cheek patches right here, but it takes about three months before the, it covers it up. The Damn. Early, so you'll see. Like if you pay attention to my social media, like early goose season, I'm. I have a buddy that can grow a beard in a week. Like the beard I have at the end of winter, that's like two weeks for him without he, shaving. He probably came out of the womb with a mustache. Yeah, it, dude, it's ridiculous. And he's got a great beard. Puts mine to shame. And wow. his, I mean, it just every every bit of it lays right where it's supposed to be. Has that like Grizzly Adams wave to it. It's fucking beautiful. <laughs> but um. That is beautiful. It's beautiful, man. <laughs> Anyways, but mine takes like three months, like a solid three months. I start growing it September 1st, and really it's not till it doesn't – I don't think it looks decent till about Christmas. Through September into October, like even now as I go back and I start looking at like my hunt pictures, I'm like, oh, God. When, it, when it's like a half inch long, three quarters of it, oh, it's just not good. It's just not good, but you got to power through it. I mean, can't get to the full beard. There is the awkward stage. Yeah, there is definitely an awkward. My face goes through awkward teens every year. <laughs> but now that I know I can grow a decent beard, it's going to be a yearly thing for sure. And my wife is not a big fan. She's gotten used to it. She's gotten used to the beard. She's come to appreciate the beard, but she likes the summertime face better. She's not a guy. She doesn't have that appreciation for what it takes to, to grow a good beard and, and the fact that some people can grow a beard and, and some people just simply and now I, can't. And now I kind of, in air quotes, groom it. I don't, like, like comb it and do, like, wax or nothing like that. But, like, when I go in and get my hair cut, my, uh, the person that does my hair, she loves, like, to, she's like, can I trim your beard? I'm like, yeah, even it out. Don't cut it. I mean, just, like, you know. Make it Keep look the length, normal. but go ahead and even up. She's like, yes. She doesn't even charge me anything extra for it. She just like, this is like her, I'm her piece of clay, I guess. I'll tell you what, when she's done, that thing is shaped and looks dynamite. I would never do that for myself. Your barber might have a fetish for facial mm. hair. Not might. Completely. 100% has probably all hair, but I can handle the other grooming myself. Somebody needs to catch <laughs> something soon. Yeah, what's going on? This primetime walleyeville. I should probably put on a minnow. I, I've got on well, a minnow. you got a minnow on. And I'm sitting somewhere out and down yonder in there, and it's – I don't think he's doing anything. I'm surprised that we – I thought once I caught that red horse that we were going to have, like, red horse action all night long because they do swim in schools usually. I thought we were just going to catch more fish besides bluegill, but that's not happening. Generally, don't – think of catching bluegills when I'm river fishing. Right? But we're in kind of a doing a bait check certain area. Bait check. Ooh, it's a good thing I did a bait check. No bait? I don't think so. Now I'm snagged on the uh, say would you catch roots. the bank? Oh no. Yeah, I don't have any bait. Mm. That could be a reason mm. to not catch anything. Yeah. All right, well let's throw I mean we my rod was bouncing a little bit back there, but see it's getting that time where you almost need to keep your finger on the line just to feel those light bites. Especially, like, if you do get a Walter to come up and nibble on it, they'll drop it if they feel that weight of it just pegged in your fork stick here. Huckleberry Finn style fishing. <laughs> For real. I love it, though. It's fun. Haven't done this in so long. It's just nice to be able to fish and not 
be like you're grinding to do it. Like it's not like oh I need to switch this or oh what am I doing wrong or oh I need to key in on this. It's just yeah, it's this is what's going on. This is what we're gonna do, and we're just gonna kind of watch the river go by. It's hard for me to get into that mindset. It really is. Um, well, it took me an hour to finally sit down in this chair when I got here. So <laughs> it's tough, and it's one of the reasons I'm not a walleye fisherman, open water walleye fisherman, because that like trolling, that like not really doing anything. Patience. I don't have I it. I can't. I can't do that, man. I just. <sighs> I can, but I have lips. to get myself in the right mindset. Like, if I'm gonna do it, I want to go for salmon or something that's potentially like really big. I've never caught a salmon. I have never caught a catfish. I've never caught a sturgeon. I have never caught a muskie. I think that's where my list I can, stops. I can help you with three of those. Never caught a trout or any of those Oh, either. my God. that That's an easy one. We can take care of that one. I own a fly rod. I don't know how to use it, but I own one. Okay, I could help you with that, too. That's Casting a fly rod's not that hard. No, it's not, but getting it to land softly without making it look like, you know, Hurricane Irma just came through, <laughs> that's a different subject. Uh, the accuracy is oh, yeah. is the hard part. Is getting it to land right where you want it to land is that that's where the real skill comes in. Um just like, you know, just casting. Oh, that's got to be a bite right there. Oh, look at I'm you getting smashed. Now that I have it's a bluegill. Worms on, it's a bluegill. It's a bluegill. <laughs> Well, I saw it's another. Sh- oh crap! Missed it. It's just it actually was kind of biting like bluegill. But why would a bluegill be in that current? That's what I said earlier. But I was still catching them in the damn current. I've never caught this many sunnies in a day on a river. Absolutely none of them are big. None of them are quality. But there's been probably yeah, about you know, twenty of them. You told me that there's a whole school of ten inchers. This is actually, that's way this back up the creek. Legitimately, what you told me. That's back up the creek. We need kayaks for I that. Just got robbed. Straight. Dude, telling you it was a bluegill. Straight highway robbery, bro. Oh yeah. What were we just talking about? I don't remember. Oh yeah, passive fishing. I'm not very good at it. Yeah, but this is pretty fun. So let's go back to the season. Not, this wasn't really my intent to do a recap of last season, but I guess it makes sense because we're both in the league. But it's a lot of fun to just talk about fishing and stuff is. like that, anyways. So then we, so Maple was a disaster for almost everybody. Yep, and then, and then Minnetonka rolled around. And Minnetonka the weather was, oh my god, it was thirty degrees outside. There was very little wind. You see that on the far side of the bank over there on the point. Something swimming upriver there. Well, I see that guy's popper. No. It stopped moving. I wonder if it was a frog or something. That could have been. About to feel that top water bite right. in a couple of minutes here, I think. I don't know. But yeah, so we get to we get to North Arm and the only goal at that point is just we want a full bag. Full bag. That's all that matters. We just want to catch fish. We brought two into weigh in at the last tournament. Just want to catch fish. Everyone brought a full bag. Including the biggest the biggest crappies ever caught last year came out of Minnetonka, which is shocking considering we were at Pekegama too. And I'm trying to think how big Minnetonka was the first lake that I had a camera to use, underwater camera. I we, didn't have one for Maple. Well, Pekegama wouldn't do you much good anyways, but we didn't buy one until after the season. We've never owned one. Dude, they're it's amazing. Essential. <laughs> yeah, they really are essential. Like they really, really, really are. Um, but so Maple, 
or not Maple, North Arm, Minnetonka. Man, we I camera to live in hell out of that lake. And found a lot of spots that I thought would be good, and they just weren't. And then, uh, you know, really didn't find a ton pre-fishing. I found one. I found two things. I found one good spot that um, was in a depth that you would kind of expect. And then I found a spot that was super shallow, like three feet, that I was catching quality gills out of. And I'm like, well, wow. if pressure gets, because I knew where everybody was going to go. The north end. The north end. And and that shallow water spot was on the north end, but it wasn't next to anybody else. It was I had, like, my own little spot. But when tournament day rolled around, I mean, I tried that spot, but didn't really, those big ones just weren't there anymore for whatever reason. But my other spot produced. We had company there, though. I didn't see any other holes when I was pre-fishing, but clearly people knew about it because day of, I mean, people beat us to the spot. I was like, damn it. Interesting. Yeah. So either they already knew about it from times past. Oh, that's his popper. Never mind. Ooh. That's not. That's a that's a bass going crazy. Hey, should I grab the whopper? I don't want to walk away from this podcast. Right <laughs> but I do need to take a pee, too. Well, though. do it. Do it. Take your headphones off. I'll riff. I'll do a play-by-play whopper plop. I won't play-by-play your peeing, but <laughs> I hope the peeing doesn't take five minutes. Throwing a whopper plopper. So set the scene here. We're upstream of the uh, of a bridge, and we just witnessed, um, which I can only assume is a bass, make like two, three splashes, chasing obviously chasing something. Downstream of the bridge. Because it could have been a northern, but it was acting more bassish. Alright, so Squeaks is down underneath the bridge. Navigating the cobblestone rock. I need to talk more excitedly. There it goes. First cast. Downstream where we saw the action. Is that a popper? That's not a plopper. Oh, it is? Okay. Oh, now I see it. All right. I thought you were just popping in at first. I want to see that thing just get destroyed. Come on, come on, come on. First cast yields nothing. Oh, man, it's nice out here. What a beautiful summer night. This is great. Not much wind. Not much bugs. Temperature's finally down. Humidity's finally down. The weather has been ungodly. I know for most everybody in the country last week, but man, we're not used to that in Minnesota. 90s, stupid humid. Oh, it was bad. But that finally broke. It's pretty nice now. Second cast, nothing. Come on, Squeaks. You're the whopper plopper king. Let's go here. That's money shot. That's the that's the zone. Ooh, saw it swirled right behind his bait. Ouch. Need to throw a tube in there. Come on, come on. Make that ex same exact cast. Some weird 
static. Hope that's not picking up. I just lost myself. There we go. All right. Of course, I just said no mosquitoes. Now I'm getting bit in the back. Perfect. Ah, I want to see that thing get crushed. All right, here we go. This cast. Money cast. Let's go. That's in the spot. Hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it, hit it. Damn it. You're terrible at this. <laughs> First, now that I'm holding on to my line, too, trying to feel that light bite, I'm not getting nothing. I put that fresh worm on and got, like, annihilated, like, right away. Hey, missing bait again. Does that happen? I have my finger on the thing. All right, this is getting real now. I'm getting irritated. We need to catch fish. All right. Another crawler. Gonna have to do the old five-year-old loop-de-loop on my forego natural presentation for just having it stay on the hook. Proper huck fin right here. All right. Fishing doesn't get any simpler than this. Hook, weight, swivel, bait. That's it. And we're fishing. All right. I'm going to catch one here. You done messing around over there? No. Clearly he's not. Long bomb cat. Oh. Is that fish on? Fish on, fish on. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big down tree. He's got to get it past so he doesn't get hung up in there. Does it feel decent? We're going to have to walk that thing up here and we'll take a picture of it. Nice. On the whopper plopper. Get out of that tree. All right. Got dangerously close. He's staying down. Can't expect him to do a little more jumping action there. All right, now I feel like you're just playing it out of dramatic fashion. <laughs> Oh, that's a pretty good splash. Uh, am I getting a bite or is it just I think I'm getting bit right now too. Oh yeah, I'm getting a bite right now. There's a bite. Let him have it. Let him take it. Eat that worm, Bubba. One just jumped underneath that tree. Bring the whole works over here. 
Oh, we did. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Well, yeah, he's not a giant, but that's... I'll take those smallies all day long. Is that a 14? 14 14-er? Somewhere in there. Don't flop, don't flop, don't flop. Hold on, let's get a zoom. Let's get a picture. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put this down. I can't do. I can't have my finger on, on there. And, oh, now I zoomed in. Nice. Podcast fishing. That's where it's at. Podcast fishing. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, little guy. I saw a fish jump underneath that tree. Good luck getting him out of there. Did it? Yeah, yeah. I loaded this new rod reel up with braid. It's the only way to go. But I did put a fluorocarbon leader on it. I'm a firm believer in that. Not that you need that with a topwater bait, but. Who won't say anything? Secret safe with me. That was awesome. I was starting to lose, starting to lose faith. Yeah. It was nice to see that happen. Well, you made a couple of really good casts, and then that it swirled behind it, and then I was like, ah. I think the one that swirled behind it might have been a different fish. Very possible. There's probably a school there. I wouldn't be surprised. I was getting uh I was getting harassed down right. there, but Yeah, you reeled up you didn't have bait again. What the hell? This last time I had when I checked my bait I had bait. But that was that. So where'd you place in Minnetonka? Oh, yeah, back to Minnetonka. So everybody brought a full bag in for Minnetonka yes. and so and so did we. We brought the smallest bag in to Minnetonka. Like Watching this guy to the left. I want to oh, see he's gonna, yeah, he's throwing a popper. There's hungry pike that live in that bay, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of five-inch sunfish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we we brought brought a full bag into Minnetonka, um, and felt good about that until we saw that. So did everyone else, and we happened to have the very smallest bag by about a half <laughs> half pound, I think. So yeah, it was like, oh well. Man, things started out real good at Pacagamo, but they sure went south quick. <laughs> <laughs> so after placing ninth and bringing home a new fishing rod um and then taking last and then taking or second to last and then taking last that was yeah that was tough that was that was, that might have been our slice of humble pie this year we get a slice every year but that one we get a slice every year <laughs> <laughs> that one was back to back cold yeah, that's, that's, hard slices that was brutal People don't realize that. They think every tournament fisherman just goes out there and absolutely crushes fish. No. Here, Let me public service announcement to all the regular <laughs> folk that think that happens. It doesn't. No. It, it, unless you're real good, which, you know, I'm not. I'm getting better. I'm not, though. Um, it, it, it just it doesn't work like that. Nobody, unless you're getting paid to fish, I'm sorry, you're. 
<laughs> I'm not getting paid to fish, so honestly, um, the only thing that separates me from average Joe is the fact that I'm showing up here every su- every other Sunday for two months to try and, and well, put and myself against You're scouting, it. you're pre-fishing, and you're putting in the homework before, and that's people don't do that. That just casually fish; they just go out and fish, and, and they're and they're not trying to beat what they did last week. They're just they're either catching fish or they're not. That's pretty much their standard. And so if they're not in the spot that they always fish, they just weren't biting that day. They don't try other spots. And that's what separates average Joe from somebody that tournament fishes is, yeah. you know, I'm, we're not going to say, oh, well, they're not here today. So, you know, it's about 9 o'clock. Might as well just uh, head back and uh, get some breakfast. No, it doesn't work like that. No. Start drilling holes somewhere yep. else. Figure it out. Figure it out. They're biting somewhere because you know somebody's coming in with a good bag. Correct. Somebody always figures it out. Always. Might be one team out of 25 that figure it out, but somebody always figures it out. So, yeah, Minnetonka was tough, but we our vehicle ran when we got back to the landing, that's which good. was good. That's, so a, that's a victory. <laughs> we, we felt good about that, and we knew that, you know, we had – Big Marine was our next stop. Neither one of us had ever fished it in our life. Neither one of us had any idea how we were going to approach it. And that's at about the time where I I really started to learn how to read a lake map. Like, learn. I, I had proficiently learned how to read oh. deep parts of a lake. Fish on away? It's either a fish or a stick. He's got something. Oh, no, I heard a splash. Hey. a boy. Hey. Yeah. Fishing in a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyways, yeah, we get to we get to you know pre-fishing Big Marine, and and that's the time where I really was like, you know what, I understand how to how to read a lake that's deep and where to find them deep. This tournament series requires that it doesn't require you to fish shallow, but if you want to win and compete, yes, you're gonna have to go shallow. You're not gonna win sitting in 30 feet of water like we did on Lake Minnetonka, where yeah, you can fill a full bag, but it's not gonna get you anything. No, either. here's the deal. Even as you're just a regular, you're not a tournament fisherman. You're regular, you know, Joe Schmo, weekend warrior, angler, whatever. Ignore those community holes. Those community holes might be good at first ice yep. because. Those deep holes, they do hold large schools of fish, um, but those fish primarily hang out there. You getting bobs yeah, over there? Yeah, I think so. Oh, and yeah. uh, once the good fish kind of get plucked out of those schools, they just, then they, the rest of them just get hammered for the rest of the winter. They're seeing every jig. There's tons of vehicle traffic. Holes are being drilled all the time. It really gets slow, and you can't just keep going back to that community spot. I mean, and expect great success. Weekend after weekend after weekend after weekend. Yeah, and and get away from the crowds. I mean, they're there. The, nobody in this league is fishing those community holes, and there's a reason for it. I mean, so if you want to go out, just don't be afraid to try stuff. And the key is if your lake has live weeds in the wintertime, that's where you're going to find your better fish. That is Period. the most crucial thing to find in the winter is lively weeds. And so many people don't realize, don't equate ice fishing and weeds, and they need to start realizing that. 
Nothing else is giving off oxygen, but those green weeds are. It's not just that. There's bugs that live in those weeds. There's all sorts of different bug hatches going on in there, and that there's a reason those big, the big panfish are in there. A lot of times they're not in there in any large numbers. You're finding randoms, little pods or singles, doubles, triples that are just slinking in and out of those weeds, eating whenever they need to, being left alone. They got cover. They got food. They got everything they need. They got oxygen. I mean, nobody's going there looking for them. Need. Yeah, and they're being left alone. Nobody's drilling holes. I mean, they're just they're virtually left alone. So there's your hot ice fishing tip in the middle of summer. <laughs> if you By got a way, camera, find green you weeds. You go out there, and you're on your community hole, and the bite is shitty. Instead of saying, "Guess they're just not biting today. Let's pack it up." Do yourself a favor. Have a little experiment. Go in shallow, 8 to 12 feet, 14 feet, depends on the water clarity in your lake. Try to find some weeds. And if there's if there's reeds sticking out, it's a good place to start. Yep. And then work deeper from there until you find the live weeds. Once you find the live weeds, promise you you're going to find fish. Promise you. Although with that said, one of the frustrating things about Big Marine is there is so many live weeds on that lake yes these fish could be anywhere and they were <laughs> it was like i was cameraing so much of that lake and it's like there should be fish here but there's not you'd make a move there should be fish here but there's not and, and that just that just played out and all of a sudden dropped the camera down fish everywhere like jeez, what in the, what in the hell? why these weeds they look exact it's cabbage it's, it's like the exact same weeds i just cameraed four other places but had no fish there must have been a bug hatch or there, there was something going on down there something it's as they were all congregated in that one spot but Mar- marine was huge for us because that's we took big fish that day that's about what's his... going on over there I th- he's is that i thought he was casting over there no is he stuck? I think so. I thought that was, was just know, There's some doings going yeah. on over there. Um, but, yeah, marine is when, when I really I started to dissect lakes looking at the map and looking just shallow. And we went and we pre-fished Saturday, and we we met up with Evan and Giz and fish for them with them for a little bit. Didn't catch much. They ventured off to another spot, but I told Dylan, I go, here's here's how I feel about this. And I go, looking at this map, looking at this feature, relativity to where it is, I go, we're not going to go and follow those guys. We're going to go another 50 to 100 yards that way. We're going to punch some holes. We'll investigate. And I go, if it's not there, that's fine. We'll go and follow them. But we... I, I feel good about this. I, I just there's something about this that I see that it, it's good. So those guys take off. We go over there, and right away, we start catching some slab cropping. I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> I think I finally understand how to read a lake map. <laughs> we, this is really happening. So we Dang, we pounded, pounded. Again. Really? Damn. Just that late little tap tap is what it was. So we we pound and we th- we do really good for about ten minutes and I look at him and I go stop I go we we can't burn this out I go we we don't we we don't own a camera we we found fish right here I go we know people are probably going to be here tomorrow I go but we're going to at least kind of be on Uh-oh. the edge away from your these worms people. whatever we got another canister in the cooler is there any worms left in there no I just 
sifting through one. the whole thing. So anyways, we we pound for a little bit, and then we walk away from it. And we say, all right, this is where we're going to come back the next day. And we, we came back tournament day and fished that spot right away and did extremely well. Not quite as well as we did in that 10-minute span the day before, but we did we did pretty good. And we finally moved away because when we, when we walked away from that spot, we had almost all of our crappies. I think we had six crappies, and, and they were six decent ones. And we had a few sunnies that were decent. We went away, got our sunnies, and then came back and started culling fish out of our bag, like left and right, it seemed like. And that's when I think at the point where I really said to myself, now hearing that, you know, there's lively weeds all over that lake, maybe yeah. I'm, I'm not quite as confident as I felt before. But to me, that was that was when I felt like, you know, I took my biggest step forward. We pulled in a full, I don't think we pulled in quite a full, no, we did. We might not have. I think we brought in six sunfish that day. It's crappies we were calling. God, I have a horrible memory. Either way, we took 10th that day. And it came from a spot that we didn't follow anyone to. We looked at a lake map and said, we want to go here. And it worked. Now I understand it's just a guessing game. I but feel like we shit the bed that day, too, because it was, we couldn't, I don't think we had a full limit. You you guys were near, there was, I mean, we took 10th and, and we didn't, we came in with, yeah, seven crappies, six gills. Because we couldn't find our crop, we couldn't get all our crop. We got one that, we did find the one big crappie, and that was a team effort because we went to a spot that we knew in the past that we that holds big crappies. Not a lot of them, but it'll hold them. So, and th we were down to wire. There was like an hour left or something. And I just started punching holes and camming like crazy. And Joel was fishing. And then I saw a big one tucked in the weeds off the distance to where I was at. And I called him over. I said, there's a big one in these weeds. Come catch it. And he came over, and I just kept searching, and he ended up catching that one. And that was the big fish of the, the day. How big was it? I don't remember. It was decent. It was like 12, I think, 12 and a half, something like that. There's bigger ones in there, too, but nobody really found them. And, again, that we kind of that one was almost like kegging up for us because pre-fishing I found some really good ones. The day before. Yep. And then just couldn't get him. I caught a walleye that day, tournament that was, day that yeah, morning, too. That's cool. We, um, that was another spot that when I was pre-fishing, I really didn't have much company. There were some people kind of fishing around the edge of us, but not right where we were fishing. I remember seeing but you tournament the day, day. And we had a good, we were like one of the first people. And because of all that snow, I told Joe, I said, we have to use your snowmobiles for this event. Yeah. Because wheelers are going to be a lot slower today. And so he brought his snowmobiles down. We used those, and we were to that spot, lickety split. And by the time we were drilled and set up, just people are just zoom, 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 just joining us. And I was like, ah, oh, crap! People do know about this spot. <laughs> Son of that a was. Bitch. I remember seeing you that morning. You guys were about. You guys were over to our left a ways, kind of on the were other side of the bulk. Were you in tucked way back in that corner? Nope. Okay, that was Dan Rollins. Dan, yeah, Rollins Dan and his partner there. were tucked back in there. And, no, we were – if you would have, like, raised your head and looked to your right, you would have seen us further down the line almost. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was – that was the community hole that everybody seemed to go to that morning, yeah. except for Dan and, and his partner. They went – They did pretty good that day, didn't they not? I think they did, yeah. Yeah. They did good. They also did something that – and I was talking to um, – who was I talking to about this? I don't remember. But they pre-drilled their holes the night before, which I've, I thought about doing, but I didn't. 
And there's a weird thing about that for me. Like, obviously, there's nothing in the rules against that. There's nothing against the rule of state rules doing anything of that. There's a weird thing in my own – and I'm not saying don't do it. That's not what I'm saying at all. But for me personally, there's something I don't like about it. And, well, I, don't, and I don't know – but I need to start doing it. Like, it's a good, it's a good strategy. Instead of wasting time drilling holes, you can just – kick the snow out and start fishing part like, of me says that's just really smart like it is smart and i understand that but not and that's too smart what i'm trying to I, i'm doing a terrible job at articulating this but there's i don't know and i don't know what it is but there's just something i don't like about it it's probably just some very literal person and so i feel like the day of the tournament should be the day of the tournament like go out drill your holes catch fish not drill your holes the night before and catch fish in the morning. You know what I mean? Again, I'm not speaking out against it. I'm not saying we shouldn't do it. I sh- I'm saying I should do it. I need to get over that. And st- if the weather allows and it's, you know, my holes aren't going to freeze the next so day, let- like I should, even if they do, because I'm still going to be able to pop them open faster. So they went out like at 8, 9 o'clock at night the night before the tournament and punched all their holes. I think so. Pretty sure. <laughs> I think that's it's I think smart, so. but I see that it's isn't it? smart. There's a, it's just there's, smart. There's, is what there's it is. something I'm mad weird because about that. I didn't yeah. think about it. I know. That's what I think I'm yeah, mad about. I don't, it's just really smart. It is. What is going on? Oh, I still have it. I thought I, I thought I lost it. Um, yeah, I, that's it is smart. It's smart. It's super smart. You're not wasting any time because even if like, you pre fish an area, you time. know you're going to come back to that area and kick those holes back in anyways. Yeah. It's really smart, and yeah, I should have done that. I wish I would have done that because while we were popping holes, people were coming out to our spot. So we would have had a good maybe five at minutes. least five minutes of quiet. Of quiet, and maybe, maybe that would have been enough to pluck some of them nice crappies out before, before the, all the action you know, right. kicked them off or whatever. But I didn't. Yeah, it is a smart move. It is. I gotta get over whatever hang up I have in my head about it. I gotta get over it and just start doing. I it. was hung up on it for a second, and then I thought about it. And it's like you know what? That's actually really smart. It it's, is really smart. It's that's it's what I mean. Smart. There's there's a thing about it that I that I don't like, but yet you know you're gonna. End I up, recognize it that that's the way you should do it. You're probably end up gonna fish the same holes that you pre-fished the day before. So what difference does it make if you did it at noon or did it at night at night? I guess yeah. yeah. I'm. Yeah, I wish I would have thought about that. Good job, Dan. <laughs> Good job, Dan and Scott. God dang it. Damn it. See, those are these things that you learn along the way. Yeah. Well, like, you don't you just, like, something. walk in and be a good angler in Minnesota, man. You, you kind of got to learn, you know, that there's things you just got to do. It's, uh, yeah, there's, it's, there's, com- there's legit competition in this. Like, you just, this isn't a, uh, you know, the Brainerd JC's annual fishing contest for any fishing you know, extravaganza. <laughs> yeah, never this, fished that. This this is legit. You know, Cash skill. You against other good fishermen. I think that's what made bringing that rod home that weekend at Pekagama so rewarding because it's it's there are twenty five teams out there that are all really good, and if you can crack your way into the top ten in here. You probably did something right that day. And that's actually my concern going into this season is, like, we did that in our first year. It's like 
to me, it like doesn't mean anything unless we can do it again. Because <laughs> if we end up towards the bottom, then it's like okay, just a flash in the pan, you know? Like, did were you just lucky? Did you know what I mean? Like, I feel like you're gonna see a lot of the same teams here. You're probably gonna see maybe about I I guess maybe five or six new teams, but for the most part, your top your top fifteen are probably gonna stay the same. You guys kind of bucked the trend when you came in and and started whooping ass right away, and suddenly it became well, yeah, these guys aren't gonna be the bottom fillers anymore. We're actually gonna have to try and chase them and <laughs> fucking beat them. Son of a bitch. Him and his fucking beard. This guy in his beard, he's got his <laughs> short friend over there. Uh-oh. He's kind of cool because he's short, Get though. too close over there, and there's rocks under that bridge. It's not a good place to be. But it's like, oh, crap. And this guy's he's hes a guide, I think. I mean, I, I don't know. <laughs> he's got a Yeti. He's renting out. This, I mean, we're, we're fucking competing against guys that are clam pros and oh, sponsored and not, guides. I mean, I'm not sponsored by anybody but myself. You're sponsored by Full Scale Outdoors. That's like I said, not <laughs> sponsored by anybody but myself. But yeah, I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. But yeah, I, I mean, know. it's 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 just it's good competition, and it, it um it drives you to be better. I mean, for sure, you know. And that's why I said we went into it. We were cautiously optimistic because we kind of fished. We're pretty competitive the way we fish. The way like we just never were okay with. Um. Oh, he got some action out there. Something's jumping. He's going after it. He's got the whopper plopper at the ready in the holster. Dude, there's all sorts of stuff going on over there. This thing's going to get annihilated. Only cast wasn't where the action was. Spook him. Get right on it. Get on him. Actually, just cast beyond him. That's all you need to do, really. He sucks. He's terrible. There you go. That's money cast right there. Blow up, blow up, blow up. Actually, it might have been a little further to the left yet. Yeah. It's probably a pike. When the bluegills are starting to go to sleep, starting to get dark. What time is it? 16 after? We'll have to. We gotta hurry up and get the rest of the season. I gotta. Let me wrap this podcast up here pretty quickly. <laughs> I was reeling. <laughs> I'm doing a bait check, reeling in. <laughs> I just made squeaks pee a little bit. <laughs> He may have pooped just a little bit. <laughs> like the one you're just getting ready to take your bait out of the water and a northern comes after it. School like I scream like a little schoolgirl every time. <laughs> so I'm hoping that we uh I'm sure hoping for another top ten finish, but I want one of them damn plaques. I want to win an event. Bad. Like, real bad. I wouldn't even... Uh, I can't even really honestly say that because it would kill me if it, you know, came in way down 
you know, towards the end. But if I did that and at least won a event and then just shit the bed the other three, at least I at least I'd have a plaque. That would be something. We might have to start like slashing tires on those uh those boys though. <laughs> Dude, they're legit these I mean they're boys, they're kids. I mean they're still in high school, I'm pretty sure, right? Oh, they're out of high school now? They're out of high school but not old enough to drink. Not of high school, not old enough to drink. And they're just kicking ass and taking names in this uh in this league, so they got a bright future ahead of them when it comes to that. Yeah, they're they're definitely doing something right, that is for sure. What's that? Oh yeah, they got they do have a bunch of sponsors, but that's neither here nor there. That's just good networking, good connections. But at least they live up to the sponsorship. They're not, you know, somebody who's sponsored that's not winning anything. They took the whole deal. Is this two years in a row for them? Yep. Yeah, back to back team of the year. Yeah. Oh well, I'm okay with that. Actually, I don't actually I don't like total weight because <laughs> you're fishing individual events. Every lake is different. Every day is different. Weather's different. In my opinion, I think that's that's how I like it, anyways. Because all it would take, if you did a total weight, if somebody just had, like, one lights-out day, and then average days the rest of the way, they could win team of the year. Like, I don't think that's... Well, that's why everybody said it has to be based off points. Yeah, it has to be based off a point system. On... Oh, there's a fish. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know, not really. But he smashed it. Not sucker, I'm sure. It's, uh, it's not a red horse, I don't think. I think it's a white sucker. I don't really. Ah! I'm trying to do this with my headphones. I know. I'm trying to get there. I got him up. <laughs> yeah, that's a white sucker. Not a red horse. Come here, big fella. Come on. Come on. About the same size as that red horse, though. Come on, dude. Stop flopping. You're going to go back home real quick if you just stop moving around. He doesn't want to stop moving around. Oh, my God, dude. You're killing me, Smalls. There you go. Well, that's, uh... Oh, he's missing the bottom tail. Oops. Bye. You going to make it, buddy? He just so close. He just slipped out of my hands and rolled down towards the bank. There you go, bud. There you go, pal. All right. All right. I think with that, I'm going to – you know, there's another thing I wanted to – oh, you don't even have your headphones on. I'm talking to you, but I don't think anybody else can hear you. I need to wash my hands off, but I'll, I'll wait. <laughs> I have a little bit of slack here. I'm going to try to get down to wash my hands off, but 
So, yeah, we're looking forward to next season, ice fishing. But one of the things I was going to talk to you about, which I, we didn't get to yet, was uh, you do a lot of kayak fishing. I do an awful, awful lot of that. That's a, that's my getaway. Like, no offense to everybody in the world, that's my escape from everyone. I don't know why that would be offensive to anybody, but <laughs> Some people okay. don't like to be told that I don't want to be around them sometimes. <laughs> oh, that part. I thought you meant, I was like, I don't think fishing off a kayak really offends anybody, but okay. It does because it gives you reason to not go with anybody. So, like, I'll get a message like, hey, what are you doing this week? You want to fish? It's like, yeah, but I'm going to be in the kayak. Sure. Oh. So that means you don't want to fish? Yeah, uh-huh. I want to fish. No, Do you I'm, got a kayak? I told you I'm going to be fishing, just not with you. <laughs> Correct. So it's <laughs> sometimes it's hard to, like, tell people that, but kayaking is, for me, it's just, kayaking, I in a weird way, I, I kind of compare it to bow hunting for deer because you're, you're down on the water with these fish, so you see kind of everything that they do. When you bring them into the side of the boat, they're literally right there. I mean, it's just you're down on the water more. You're it's it's a little more intimate. It's I don't know. It's it's I don't want to call it a drug, but it's kind of like a drug where you just once you catch that first smallie in a kayak. Oh, it's so much fun. You, you don't ever <laughs> go back like nah, that. That's a done deal right there, sir. That is done deal. It is you pretty fun. That pers- that that perspective of being right on the water. I I love fishing on a kayak. I don't do it as much as I'd like to, but. Um, it is really fun. It, it is. is. It's a tons of fun. But um, shameless plug for the Minnesota Kayak Fishing Association as well, which I am a well, part of. I was going to ask well. you if you're if like you've done anything extra with it, like I go part of a group or I go and help out at their tournaments. I don't really compete. So you know what Rubes is to the Minnesota Maid League. That's kind of what I am to MNKFA sometimes. I just I don't show up. I don't want to fish it. I don't have any interest gotcha. in competing because I get that out during the winter time. I just want to come hang out, help out, whatever they need. I'll do it. Perfect. And at the end of the day, I just go home. I don't have to worry about where I finished for the day. Gotcha. How big my bag was. All the stuff that you'd worry about on a made Sunday. I, I don't. I just I want to be around it. I don't want to have to exert the effort so to do, do it. How does that work? That sounds interesting. So I do like competing. <laughs> I just it, it's fun to kind of sit back because you stay back at the at the scorer's table. And how kayak fishing works is obviously you don't have a live well, so you can't throw these fish into. But everyone has you know like a bump board or a catch board, and they have to check it in in the morning and make sure that it's legal, and then they can go out. But that's that's how fish are scored. So you catch a fish, you get it on your board. You take a picture of it with your phone and make sure you have your identifier tag so that we know it's actually from you. It's from that day. From it that day, yeah. Makes sense, stuff like that. And that's that's how it's scored. So you, so you actually get to sit. Like, I sit back at the scorer's table and because and during the day when everybody's out fishing, there really isn't a whole lot to do. And you just you get to watch all these catches come in. It's I I enjoy that part of it. So a lot you just too. you text it in when you catch one. Yep. Like there's there's always a guy that runs it and. Every weekend that I do, it's always a guy named Tony, and Tony takes care of it, and everybody texts their pictures into Tony. So throughout the day, he's constantly updating the sheet because he's got a spreadsheet that he keeps. Everybody's on that way. You know, once they send it in, he can say, all right, this 16-inch fish, um, he's got a 15-inch in his five bag right now. We'll kick out his 15-inch, and 16 will go in there. So we're constantly updating. Tony's constantly doing this throughout the day, which is a thankless job because it's 
it's tough because I mean you're out on a lake. A lot of these places that we're fishing aren't like metro per se. We've we've fished uh, Lake Sakata, which was down south, uh, Lake Coronas, which is out west. Um, the next one that I'm fishing, which is the Big Toothy Tournament, but that's not for another month. That's at Rush Lake. So I mean, it's not like any of these places are really strong cell phone signal place places. So it was. He's getting them during the day. Sometimes people are having to come in at the end and re-verify it. And there are times where, yeah, we've we've missed a fish, counted everything up, announced the standing. The guy's like, well, wait a minute, I've, I've got this. Yeah, on Boyden my phone, Bisc- yeah. So it's it's up to you as a competitor once the day's over to, to come to check in yeah. and kind of say, hey, you know, this is, what do you have me down for? And that's how they score it is by inches. <clears throat> so the one at Lake... I'm trying to remember. It was the Chris Nelson Memorial where they give away a Hobie. That was at Coronas. Yeah, that was at Coronas. And the winning bag for that day was 89 inches. So it's not done by weight. It's done by total accumulated what, is inches. This a, are these bass or are these? Yeah, it's bass. Okay. Sometimes they, they do have, like, pike tournaments. Is it five fish? Yep, your best five fish. And then pike tournaments, usually it's either your biggest or your best three depends on the day and how they're doing the rules ow but i tell you what that hurt a bit on the everybody that shows up to these events walks out with something in their hands Hmm. that's cool whether i mean and they this is a group that are these opens or this like a league you gotta join ahead of time no you go on to mnkfa.com sign up that way you're a member there's no dues or anything like that and k mnkfa.com so MN Minnesota Kayak Fishing Association. So you just sign up; it's free, and then you join in on the Facebook page, and you get. You get one of them pedal ones, or do you paddle? No, that's for rich people. That's. <laughs> I got one of the ones that where I got a hand. Do that's, that. that's all I got, bro. There's two type, but there is two types of kayak fishermen. There's the people that don't have a pedal drive, or the people that have a pedal drive, and the people that want, want a pedal drive. A pedal drive, because it is. It's you don't realize how much time. Do you still <laughs> have a paddle with you generally? Because what do you do like in really shallow water when you have those fins don't pull up that drive and start? And usually, just start paddling. Okay. Usually you have like almost like a small. It's like a canoe paddle in a way, and it's a really miniature version of a canoe paddle. Just because when you have a drive, you're probably not going to be using your paddle a lot, so they don't give you a very nice. Gotcha. One. But. Yeah, I would. Uh, yeah, I was wondering that because I saw the pictures and they got those fins that hang down. I'm like, well, what are you gonna do if you're in a foot of water? But so that makes sense. Okay. Pull them up. Yeah. And that's that's tough on a river too. You got to think about where you're floating through rocky stretches of the yeah, river. That's sure. You're gonna run into trouble with those. Break those things off. And those drives and, and the hobies are worth more than my kayak. Period. Really? Yeah, they're like I mean, like seven eight hundred dollar pedal drives. Good lord! I paid five hundred dollars for my kayak. Wow! It's like yeah. So I mean, it's a brand new Hobie out the door with a pedal drive. It's probably about like that would be fun. I don't like three to do that. grand. Oh, I'm yawning. I know. Sun's down. Had a couple beers of me. Worked earlier today. I gotta go work tomorrow too. Yep. So we should probably wrap this up. We'll have to do this again. Squeaks. Yeah. I want like to. I like to talk more kayaky stuff. We kind of impromptu wrapped up the. Minnesota made season, which is fine. I mean, whatever. These conversations just go where these conversations go. I never do try to steer them. They just, it's just people sitting down bullshitting, which is what I want it to be. So, do you have a YouTube channel or anything? 
I don't have a YouTube. I am an aspiring YouTuber, well, which means I have intentions of, of buying a <laughs> Go. Okay, so here's the deal. Is I had a GoPro once, okay? And oh God. got it from my partner for free. <laughs> He's like, I don't use this. You can use it. You obviously. And this is like two, two or three years ago. He goes, just take it. You'll use it. I know you'll get use out of it. Just have it. I was like, oh, my God, I love you. So I film a couple things, and, and I have... You know, I'm I'm slowly starting to build content, but I'm not not ready to put it into anything. So we go up north um, with some friends to their cabin, and we're out fishing. And I've got it in my homemade. I've got my GoPro on its little homemade tripod on the back bench of the boat. We pull up the anchor. We take off. Tripod's still on the bench. Tripod was. Oh no. <laughs> on the bench. We take off. I hear clink clink clink. Over goes, out goes the back, goes the GoPro. Down into 23 feet of water, oh. where it still resides today with a memory card <sighs> full of content and good stuff that I'm never going to get back. So since then, I've understood that I'm really bad with nice things. <laughs> I shouldn't have them, so I don't. I have a nice fishing rod for ice fishing, and I, and I can't believe I haven't broken it yet. I'm real proud of myself, but I... I haven't bought into GoPro since then, and and I now, now that I've stepped up my kayak game, I'm, I don't think people appreciate selfies that are pointed at my crotch anymore. So yes, I. Wow, there's probably some people that really are. Yeah. So at some <laughs> point this fall, because um, I do want to document our made ser or our made, our made series this year from from mine and Dylan's aspect, and kind of show like a really in depth. You know, what goes into it? What do we do? The same thing that everybody else YouTubes yeah. and vlogs about. But at some point I will. Um, I do the Instagram. Um, I think my handle is squeak slang. Pronounced, sounded, typed, just how it sounds, S-Q-U-E-A-K-S. All one word? All one word, I believe. Or you just look up Justin squeak slang. Um, yeah, that's those are the, and I Snapchat a lot, but that's. That's beside the point. Um, and also, shameless plug for the two places I do field staff for, uh, which is judgesjawjackers.com. He is based out of Michigan. Does chatterbaits, spinnerbaits. He's a bass guy. Anything you could think I of. Like Super fun website. And my biggest thing that I love about that guy is that I order, and in two to three days, even before I staffed for them, it was in my mailbox every time. Nice. When you want some and you know you got a short window to get it before the weekend, this guy gets it in your hands. So that was huge for me. And Real Trouble Fishing and Outdoors, who is the first place that ever took me on as a staff member, and they are wonderful as well. So. And what do they do? Um, they sponsor me and they take okay. good care of me. Cool. Um, Matt and Sarah uh, run that page. Small following, so if you do jump onto the Facebook, Real Trouble Outdoors. Real, Real Trouble, Trouble Fishing and Outdoors fishing LLC. And out Hold on. I mess it up on, a, so often, ow, but shame on the me. Finger. I um, shouldn't be messing that up. Hold on. Let's do I wonder if I'm... Now, real is spelled R-E-E-L. Dude, I'm so... I'm a member of like 8,000 of these things. All right, let's go. Real. R-E-A-L. R-E-E-L. O-E-E-L. Yeah. Fishing real. Gotcha. Okay. On that one. Yep. Real. Trouble. Oh, it's right there. Real Trouble Fishing and Outdoors, LLC. And I post a lot on there. I try to stay active. And mm -hmm. I'm... Yeah, I'm. I got the check mark there. I'm already following him. So, perfect. Yeah. So yeah, those Justin are the two squeaks. Thanks. <laughs> Real trouble fishing and outdoors. LLC. 
So that's those are two places that cool. I I do my best to spread the good news about, especially. And ju- Judges Jaw Jackers actually sponsor. So Real Troubles Fishing and Outdoors LLC is a Facebook page, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they're one of the Facebook groups, and Judges does sponsor them, as well as Icewell Livewells, which if you don't have an Icewell Livewell made by Frank Wilkins, let me tell you what, they are They're just as handy as the Kenders hoodie. They're not quite as like I got to take it out every time because I don't always keep fish. But when I know I'm going to keep fish, Icewell Livewell comes with me every time. Every time. I think I've seen those. I haven't used one. I've actually really seen one. In one of the guys in Maid League uses Dude, it. I'm not bait again. <sighs> Whatever, I'm done. One of the guys in Maid League uses it, and we will be that team this year that will also be using ours because they're awesome. So I'll have to check it out. That's Check my sh- it out. They're That's not my shameless, shameless plugs. That's what you're supposed to do. That's why you're on the staff. That's true. This it's is it's really I weird being that. I always invite people onto this podcast. Like the single hardest thing, and I've said this a zillion <laughs> times, it, about this podcast is getting people to commit to being on it. Like. When you're talking to me, like, yeah, that sounds great. It's going to be awesome. And then you actually try to pick a date. And even sometimes you do pick a date. And then you get close to that date. And then they cancel. And it's like, oh, my God. And it's like I'm promoting your – like I'm giving you a platform, a free platform <laughs> to push whatever you want to – I mean, come on. We're just going to talk. We're going to shoot the shit. But, yeah, if you're a pro staff or you're, you're a field staff or somebody – or you got your own channel that you want to pimp out. Whatever whatever it is, let's talk about that and let's get that out there. It's like you wouldn't think something like this would be that hard to convince people to do. I can't believe but, you're actually allowing me to come on here and flap my gums all well, over. Well, whatever. I, you know, I'll, I'll take anybody. <laughs> I'm desperate. No. Oh, we've been – we talked – Joel and I talked about this last week. We were thinking maybe doing a catfishing fishing and podcasting thing. And this actually worked out pretty decent. I'm going to go back and listen to the audio when I can hear you off in the distance as you're reeling in a fish or trying to catch a throwing your plopper. We'll see I, how that pans out. But I, I don't th- think there was too much dead air. No. I think it'll be all right. But oh, it's we'll going to be a long again. cast. So I got to get you. You need a catfish. Need a catfish. That's super easy. We're going to get you a catfish. That's that's like easy. What was the uh, trout? Trout, we can check that off pretty easy too. There's no trout places besides so like musky. Yeah, you got to go south for trout, or really north in Minnesota here for trout. But I hear Owatonna area is great for trout. Really? That's just what I hear. Uh, you got weird friends, I think. I hear a lot of things. <laughs> you got really weird friends. I'd go further south and east if I were you. Interesting. Now, Whitewater State Park. You'll catch trout there for sure. I got a couple places closer than that, but. I'm not going to say on here because they're already pressured enough. Um, but musky, I could probably. There's some about catching take something. A few, it's going to take a few outings. Yeah. Can't promise you catch one, but you'll see one. I just want to catch something that's as big as me. And most muskies that I see are probably about as big as me. So that would be neat. Well, if you're up for an adventure, you just got to go to South Carolina for that. Gar? No, big bull reds and sharks. I've been to and South Carolina once for a softball tournament. We lost our first two games and spent the rest of the weekend on the dock catching fish on Lake Murray. Lake Murray? Oh, freshwater. Oh, yeah. We weren't that good enough to be near the saltwater. <sighs> saltwater is where it's at. Never fish saltwater So much either. fun, dude. So much fun. 
people are probably tired of me saying this too, but when you bring somebody from the upper Midwest to the saltwater for the first time and they catch a shark, I don't care if it's a two-foot-long little rinky-dink Atlantic sharp nose, bonnet head, whatever shark. Right. It's fucking cool to catch a shark. It just, it just is. Like it does. The size doesn't matter. Now, once you catch a bunch of those, the the novelty kind of wears off. But I promise you, when you get your hands on your first shark, you're like, dude, I caught a shark. This is badass. It's like the first time shooting a deer. It's just cool. It's just. I still. I. I. I'm still. I've caught a bunch of them, but I still think it's cool, even when I catch a little one. I'm just like, dude, sharks are badass. They just. Sharks are badass. That's all there is to it. With that said, I'd love to catch a, you know, like a 12-foot tiger shark or something. It would be really kick-ass. But There's a YouTube guy. All he does is just catch. Black Tip. Black Tip H, Black yeah. Black Tip H. You know, he's he's a branched out into a lot of other things. But, yeah, that's all he's got. He got his start doing uh, videos catching sharks from shore. It's pretty badass. He's got a pretty cool story. Don't you wish that you would have caught onto the YouTube thing before everyone else did? Yeah, I have podcasting too. It would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> Dollar everybody late, and their brother. Yeah, everybody and their brothers trying it, but just keep grinding it out. We'll get her done. So, right. all right, everybody, listen to this. Go find Justin Squeaks Lang on all the social media outfits. Give him a follow. Um, so he's got a more people to get his, so he can shamelessly plug his his sponsors. No, that's cool. That's what it's there for. So. Going, Shameless plug is like go and do that, word and too, then uh, pay attention if you haven't already gone and like the Minnesota Made Outdoors. We'll give them a plug because oh, we're yeah. both members. Go like them so when we when the season kicks off this winter, you can follow along with the chicanery. Watch and, uh, Dale and Joel place in the top ten see. every weekend. Let's hope top five going going top five this year. That's our goal. Well, one of our stops is my home lake of Green Lake. So if there's a weekend that I want to cash a check. Which Green Lake is that? In Princeton. Oh, that one. That's going to be an interesting one. That's actually. Not far from here, where we're fishing, yeah. Ten minutes that way. Yeah. Up the street to I the right bass to the left. It. I won last year in my bass league on that lake. I went bass fishing earlier this year. Horrible. On green? Yeah. Did they just kill the weeds? No. Oh. Well, they might have. That lake gets real shitty when they well, every lake gets shitty when they kill the weeds, and that's a whole other conversation for another time because I'll go on a rant and we'll never get the <laughs> fuck out of here. But anyways, let's wrap this fucking thing up. All right, I, thanks for letting me tag along to your river rat thing. We didn't get skunked. I appreciate you coming out. I appreciate you having me on. And we uh, This ain't going to be the last time. I know no, that. We shall do this again. We'll have to make it even more chaos. I got four of these headphones, microphones. We'll have to just set up. We'll just bring more people and just... uh podcast and fish get the shit show going we should do it catfish no i can get you i'm pretty i'm pretty confident i can get you a catfish catfish where i mean i think i think uh i think we can do that if this if the water levels remain fucking stable for more than two days that'd be nice my agent will reach out to your people yeah. <laughs> my people get hold of your people and your people reach back my people will get it scheduled that's right perfect all right peace out thank you sir
Hey, everybody. Huge thanks to everybody who has taken the time to uh, download and subscribe to Full Scale Outdoors podcast, to rate us, to review us. Um, you're doing great things, and we are growing every day, and I really appreciate it. Another way we're growing is we have joined the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So what that means is people can now find us and listen to us on the Waypoint app, on your Apple TV, on Roku, Amazon Fire Stick, smart TVs, uh, hell, even gaming systems. So um, if you haven't downloaded the Waypoint app, do it now. You're going to thank me. It has over 2,500 of the best hunting and fishing shows and short films out there. This is one of the best apps you're going to find. Um, so I just would like to say thank you again for those that have already subscribed. Let's share it. Let's keep this thing going. And uh, I am proud to say that the Full Scale Outdoors podcast is now part of the Waypoint Outdoor Collective. So thank you very much. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Join Waypoint TV's Great Outdoors Month celebration presented by Battery Tender every Tuesday and Sunday in June from 7 to 11 p.m. Eastern. Enjoy fishing and hunting content that will inspire you to get outside, but also to take action in preserving the land and water that allows us to do what we love most. Tuesdays and Sundays in June starting at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment 